Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yesterday, I was just not in the mood. I usually ignore, but now, no. So I thought, not today, forehead. Not today, ding dong. Not today, jailbird. I'm not Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our pop culture roundup and Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip finale recap. Um, I was about to flip the script full fully, like I did last week and I didn't really talk about hot topics and I only talked about recaps. I was thinking about not even getting into the girls trip recap because I'm just like over it. <laughs> I was over it, even though I found this episode rewatching it to be a, a bit more enjoyable than I watched it the first time. I think I'm just done. You know, I think there are just times where we're just done with something and I, I'm done and I'm happy that um, this is also in conjunction with the season also being over because if it wasn't, oh boy, <laughs> I'd be in trouble. We would all be in trouble. But let's get into what we have to talk about. This week in the celebrity realm, we'll start off with the positive. Can I get a hell yeah going to none other than Simone Biles? She just recently got married. Not that being married is a prize, but she's a prize. And so I celebrate everything she does. So congrats to you, girl. You guys look very happy. Your husband seems like he understands what he married himself into. And that's really all I expect. That's all I want. That's all I want from people. So congrats. Hell yeah. And, you know, to keep on the positive run, I'm going to give a half a hell yeah to none other than Denise Richards. She is back. Didn't think it was going to happen, but it happened apparently very organically. And I'm happy. I, you know, first season, mm, just a, a chef's kiss of a season 
with Denise. I loved her. I was like, oh, she's about to shake the table. And here she comes in some very comfortable, you know, an old Navy sweater, just like frazzling the hell out of Kyle Richards. And I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's a keeper. Her second season, not great. Not great. These women aren't very, these new crop of housewives often don't fare well in their second season. Happened to Leah. Just something, something happens. Something goes on. It's not great, but I'm happy to hear that she's back. I honestly, like, I think now that Rena's gone, which I think is really what Denise had truly been waiting for and didn't think would happen. But now that we're here, I'm happy and I'm comfortable and I'm seated. So according to Denise, like I said, she wasn't actually planning on coming or like, you know, she hadn't had any conversations with the production or Bravo about joining the show. She went to an event of none other than Garcelle. Bravo didn't even know she was going to be there. She shows up and, you know, roll that beautiful bean footage. Let's get a mic on you and let's get going. And I, I loved it. I loved it. I I'm loving it. What I'm not loving is now that all of this has happened, I'm thinking Erica might be up to something. (laughs) It's giving because I just feel like there's been a lot of news lately about, Oh, Denise came for Erica. This is going to be explosive. People are going to be calling out Mauricio for stepping out on Kyle. Like there's just been a lot of news happening in the, like the past few days. It seems like every couple hours or something new, very strange. And it just, something about it is strategic to me, but this does not seem to be one of those things. And I'm happy for it. I'm really happy for it. And another show that I think we've been getting a lot of news about, but like, what's going on with Orange County? What, what's happening there? We were supposed to get that trailer six weeks ago <laughs> for as, thought of, as far as I thought and nothing, nothing. The streets are saying that Heather is the holdout. Heather Dubrow is like fussing and cussing behind the scenes. And she's really, um, you know, delaying production. That seems like bullshit to me and you know why because money like at the end of the day to have heather hold up a production on a show for several weeks that's already like in post-production and you know should be near and there just seems like a lot i'm inclined not to believe that because i just feel like at one point bravo would be like bitch you're costing us too much money with all these delays shit or get off the pot or whatever the hell is happening out behind the scenes. Like, I just feel like the way people tell it, it's like Heather has some sort of like secret on the executives over at Bravo that she's just running shit and we're all just at the whim of the DeBros. And I just, I find that very hard to believe. It just seems like an easy person to uh, throw something at because who would be the most difficult and not want to be on television? Heather. Cause she, why? Cause she has nothing to lose. You know, like Shannon will bleed out on the show because Shannon loves to be on the show. No, it doesn't matter how embarrassing things in her life may get. She will be getting that check. Heather's not going to do that. Heather's got too much to lose. So I think it's just like easier to blame her. Not that I'm like a full Heather stand. It just seems like at some point this is going to be too expensive for Bravo to just sleep holding on because of whatever tantrum Heather DeBro might be having. I just, I don't know. (laughs) 
if Beverly Hills has no problem continuing to film without Kathy, because according to the reports, Kathy has not filmed any part of this season so far. If they're going to willing to chug along without her, given what happened last season, I just don't feel like Heather has that much cachet. You know what I mean? But anyway, apparently there's been a big fight that happened between Heather and Tamara, which leads me to the other big fight that Tamara's having because, you know, you know, just like Pringles, once you pop, you can't stop with her. You can't just have one, right? Um, she's also beefing currently with Teresa over in New Jersey. So here's the thing. It's a little bit confusing. It's a tale of dueling podcasts, basically. Uh, you know... Because of the allegations that happened with Brandy and Caroline and the rumors of what happened on Girls Trip of Brandy allegedly assaulting Caroline Manzo, there's been a lot of drama, right? So Tamara and Brandy Glanville have a friendship. Tamara had Caroline Manzo on Two Teas in a Pod, her podcast with the other one, right? And so I guess Teresa had Brandy on her podcast. And so in this conversation, Teresa and Brandy are talking, you know, Brandy's making a lot of, you know, she's saying, excuse me, saying a lot as Brandy Glanville does. And one of the things that she said was basically like, uh, you know, if Caroline really felt some type of way, if she really felt that badly about what I allegedly did to her, why is she going on and doing so many interviews? But that's neither here nor there. Part of that is Teresa tells uh, Brandy, basically, like, is that your friend? Tamara's your friend, but yet she's got your adversary, your enemy, your nemesis on her show. She seems like a bad friend, and I think you should watch your back for that, right? So Tamara hears about this, and she goes to the comment section and is like, girl, Teresa, we work for iHeart. We uh, have bookers. For our podcast, you know this because you've been on our show. We're not, you know, hiring, you know, we're not the ones getting these uh, housewives on our show. This is not our deal. And on top of that, if you want to get into it, Teresa, I spoke to Brandy about Caroline coming on the show because she is a friend of mine and uh, she was fine with it. We're cool. But thanks for trying to insert yourself into this. So then, you know, as Tamara, rather, is want to do, she has to go back. It's never just one bite. There's always an aftershock. There's one earthquake and then there may be several aftershocks after that. Um, So then she goes on and is like going off on her episode, her last episode of Tamara and the other one um, in a pod. And she's like, listen, because Jersey's filming their reunion or they were at the time. Uh, Like, sit down. Shut up like you're doing right now with the reunion, Teresa. And then she says, you know, usually I try to ignore any negative comments about myself. When? (laughs) Since when, Tamara? Tamara Sue. Tammy? Don't do this, girl. But she says, I try to ignore any negative comments. But then I thought to myself, not today, forehead. Not today, ding dong. Not today, jailbird. I'm not having it. (laughs) This is me telling you to shut the fuck up. Get her back on my screen. I don't like Tamara, okay? And yet, you know what I mean? And yet. Like, Tamara Barney makes great, excuse me, Tamara Judge makes great television. However, like, I would never really want to be in a room with her. 
Like I'm scared that just all of a sudden it would just go to complete mayhem. Raccoon energy, as I call it. Just like the, like, you don't know. Like, I, I just don't know if you're going to scratch my eyes out. Do I need to wear safety goggles? Like, what's the thing? Who else has raccoon energy? Um, God, so many of the teen moms, Farah, Amber. <laughs> um, oh, Lord. Do you guys know what's going on with, uh, with Ryan? Macy and Ryan from Teen Mom. If you guys don't know, oh boy. I was going to say, watch Listen to Feathers in My Hair. I guess you can't do that. Sorry. She's on hiatus, y'all. Um, but Ryan is in a, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Tamara, raccoon energy. Um, who else has raccoon energy? Hannah Burn. Well, Hannah Burner has, <laughs> I'm trying to be nicer. Hannah Burner has raccoon energy, but it's in a very different way. Like I'm not afraid of Hannah. It's just like, you know, like raccoons also like to just roll around in the trash. That's kind of how I see her. But anyway, we'll move on. Okay, I can get back to Ryan now. Ryan had some um, issues. I mean, we know we know his issue. We know that maybe he, he has a couple issues. Remember when that issue uh, reared its ugly head behind the wheel of a car when he was driving? Um, what's her face? His wife to uh, to their wedding when he was nodding out in front of the in the car while driving. Oh, chills, chills just thinking about that. Anyway. Ryan's in a bad way still seems like his addiction is uh, becoming unmanageable I think Liz and I both agreed that um, Ryan had probably been maintaining rather than um, has probably not ever truly been sober this whole time probably just been able to kind of maintain probably you know he's been having some slip-ups that people don't really talk about because he's not really on team mom anymore however things have really escalated to a very scary place with Ryan. He's now been sentenced to a year in prison. Um, earlier this year, he trashed their family home. The stories were, the reports were out that he like basically went through their home and destroyed every room except for the children's rooms and like maybe his work room or something like that. He spared the kids. So we told the dad, the body cam footage of this just came out last week Oh my God. I don't even know how one has an effort. How, how do you have the strength to want to destroy a house so thoroughly? It is so shocking. If you guys have not seen this video, it's horrifying. I mean, we're talking drawers pulled out every drawer in the kitchen, cabinet doors hanging from the, you know, hinges an AK 47 on the kitchen Island the fuck he's uh spray painting things all over the walls and all over the home it is like stuff everywhere i believe there were reports that there was a smell of fecal matter throughout the home just it but the it i just like it, hurricane level and to know that he went through that pretty large house and did the, all of that nightmare a true nightmare situation. Also earlier this year, things kind of started when he went on Instagram, something that he doesn't typically update. I think until that point, it had been like a year or more, um, accusing his now soon to be ex-wife Mackenzie of cheating on him. And, you know, the caption was just very rambling and it just was like dark, right? Like just making these wild claims that didn't make a whole lot of sense. You just kind of had to string it together. Um, and then, you know, 
he comes down and is like being quiet and then like a week later he comes popping back up making a bunch of other claims and then things are just really devolved from there and he uh got arrested and the judge ordered him to go to rehab so he was supposed to be in rehab like as we speak he's supposed to still be in rehab i i'm pretty sure and uh that he left the rehab and I guess they found him and they were like, okay, well, you're going to have to go to prison. So that's, that's what it is. I, you know, shout out to Bentley. I, I care for Bentley. Like he's my like little nephew <laughs> and I just, he deserves more than this. You know, so does Macy. So does Sona McKenzie and, and their kids. Like, it's just sad. It's just a very sad situation. <sighs> Jen, Mimi Jen, or, she deserves more than this. Is she an enabler? Absolutely. That is very clear. But, you know, technically, people deserve more than this. So let's move on. I actually wasn't going to talk about that. But we need to get into our Love is Blind update section because there are a few things going on. Um, It's dark. Let's talk about Shane from Love is Blind Chicago. Right? Remember Shane. Shane Shane and Natalie. Shane, you know, they kind of were... will they won't they very back and forth and post the their season it was also very back and forth they've been both going at each other on instagram in different ways shane really tries to paint the picture of like he's done nothing wrong and that natalie just wants attention and so she'll like occasionally bring things up in order to like get sympathy or like you know if she is mad at shane whatever um you know, a lot of claims, a lot of people felt like Shane during his season might be um, medicated. He seemed very animated. He seemed very um, unable to focus. The the pupils, the just high energy, um, the Gary Busey eyes, it just was giving until he had to address it and say, no, yeah, have I dr- done drugs? Absolutely. Was I doing it during that season? No. He claimed that he had severe ADHD and that's all it was. Now, he went on TikTok live a week ago. Deeply concerning. Um, He has like a half up, half down. It's not giving Arianki. It's giving um, Nick Nolte during his uh, mugshot with the Hawaiian shirt. Um, He is even more... I'll use the word animated, even more animated than we remembered him on the show. I would say two to three times more. Um, He seems to really be crawling out of his skin, seems to have a hard time sitting, focusing. Um, Like he's like hugging himself at one point. Like he just like, you can tell he's just like, like crawling out of his skin. It's concerning um a lot of people were very concerned about him at page six actually reached out to him um regarding the reactions to his tiktok or his instagram live and his response was lmao fan accounts so um on thursday he actually went on instagram and said that he'll be back either next week or next month so hopefully um somebody's been able to talk to shane tell him to chill out or maybe refocus on what's going on. Oh, he also claimed hmm, that uh, allegedly Deep Tea 
was that his season? Yeah, I guess it was. That Deep T and he, he and Deep T did coke together. I guess she had gone on some platform, maybe her podcast, to say that they had not. But he was like, oh yeah, no, we did. He, we did. He made a whole TikTok about it. So, uh, yikes. Yikes. And in current Love is Blind uh, news, ugh, Marshall's. Marshall had some tweets resurfaced from a few years ago. I think they were maybe from 10 years ago. Um, but he has some tweets that were very colorist in nature. And um, it's not great. Not great. So basically in these tweets, it seems like Marshall was maybe like 18 or 19 when these happened. They were from 2014. Um, he's basically saying like, I want a Latina girlfriend. Only so that she can speak Spanish when we dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Winky face. LOL. Latinas know how to treat their dude. Um, and yeah, just a lot of like pro Latina tweets, um, but also anti-black women tweets about how um, he was spotting a group of sad black girls sitting in a damn circle sharing their stories on why men quote ain't shit. I'll tell you black females why. You walk into a restaurant, what do you see? A white couple, a Hispanic couple, an Asian couple. Oh, and a group of black girls complaining. So. Well, there's been a lot of debate on Twitter as to whether or not black women are allowed to be offended by that. <laughs> Which is fun. That's always so fun. Um, I think if you're offended, you can be offended. And if you're not, then you're not. Don't, we don't... <laughs> need to be like convincing people either way like they're offensive they're offensive tweets now um marshall did apologize in a couple of ways he says i'm seeing a lot of my old tweets surface from years ago this happens to pretty much everybody who goes into the public eye which would be a great cause for maybe before i'm going to be in the public eye i should go through my tweets and delete them before people catch me but anyway um he says that he's since grown, you know, I don't feel or think the same way anymore. And, you know, I could have deleted these tweets, but I chose not to, um, uh, you know, I left it up for a reason, uh, is my progression as an individual, as a human, these old tweets are just proof, just my proof that I've evolved. I thank God for the opportunity to be damaged, seek clarity and forgiveness and develop into a better person. Um, so then... Here's what really got me. This man went on to TikTok to apologize and to also um, post a reel or whatever, a, a montage of all the black women that have helped him along the way. From family members to friends, uh, co-eds, things of that nature. <laughs> what are we doing? Here's what I'm thinking all the time. If you're calling me and saying, hey, Kara, um, first of all, do you call? Secondly, okay, I'm picking up, I'm imagining in my mind, like one of my friends, guy friends calling me and being like, hey, Kara, um, I, you know, something happened. People caught me and they think that I don't like black women. So I was wondering if you mind if I put you in a TikTok and put on the caption like, oh, Takara, you've helped me so much over the years. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out like what I would say. 
what's going on on my end of that line? I don't know. I would be like, mm, I, I can't hear you. The connection's bad. Gotta go. Bye. Call me never. On the other side of that, I'm trying to figure out how I would feel if I'm looking at my friend's TikTok and he's like, oh, I fucked up. Here's a picture of Kara. Uh, have me thanking her. No. No. <laughs> Leave me out of it. And this is really to a very larger point of leave black women alone. Okay. We're not your teachers. We're not your guides. We're not your oracles unless we're being paid to do so. The fucked up thing for me is like Marshall. Okay. The man is 18. Okay. We can have this conversation of like how much we should be judging people for their past social media behavior. 10 years ago is, um, you know, like, I'm older than Marshall. I'm 10 years older than Marshall. So uh, if I said some fucked up shit in 2014, then I have to own that because I would have been, what, 28 at the time. And Marshall would have been 18 or 19. Teenagers a lot. We have to Do we have to give them a little bit more grace? Yes. But on the other hand, people, <laughs> if you are looking at your black mama, and your black sisters and your black cousins and the black girls in your class that are making you laugh and you're allowing the outside world to let you talk shit about them and how angry they are or ugly they are. Marshall did not say that, but you know, like these things happen, right? Miserable. Maybe it's because we're tired of having to be the ones at the end of a fucking video collage about, cause you fucked up, you know, and, and we don't want to be your guides. I don't want to heal you. Okay. You have allowed yourself to let the outside world, let you verbalize your hatred for the people that you came from your own mama. If you really want to get straight. Okay. So you own that. Don't be thanking me for shit. <laughs> Quiet has kept all of these women that he mentioned seemingly have been in his life since 2014 and before that. So if that wasn't enough, then why is it okay now? Like, figure out a different way to apologize. I can't deal with this. But good luck to you, Marshall. Best of luck. But I also actually would also like to say I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, well, this now erases what Jacqueline said about him. No, it does not, weirdos. No, it doesn't. That's not as an excuse for her blatant homophobia. Don't be weird. Speaking of people who I'm just like screaming to stop being weird, the Baldwins are at it again. The Baldwinitos, if you only use their, their real name. Um, they're back. Alec, shout out to him, kind of, got out of that Rust uh, lawsuit. He has been, well, well, sort of he basically they they dropped the charges against against him they um dismissed the involuntary manslaughter claims without prejudice which as we know means without prejudice means that if the person who sued him chooses to refile this they absolutely have the right to do so so is this over yes could we put a pin in that absolutely they could come back and start this whole shit over again. And uh, really the only reason why these things got dismissed is because there were new um, people hired in this whole case. So this just seems like Alec got very lucky, but 
to make the whole thing so weird, as Hillary is wont to do, uh, she posted a she posted a picture a few hours after this news came out on her Instagram of her in Alex's arms. Um, he's holding her uh, like a precious moments, you know, figurine. She's literally cradled in his arms, you know, f- feet up, like legs up in like a triangle shape, you know, pushed up to her. <sighs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> With the caption, just red heart emoji. I These people are so crazy. Sit down. They're wild. Let me take it back. Sit down in a, in your proper seat, girl. She looks like a child in his lap. It's one of, one of your 11 children. It really honestly took me a second. Which, which one is that? Carmelita? No, it's you, Hillary. Girl, who took the picture? It seems like it, maybe the kid did because it's or one of the kids because it's like kind of from a low angle, like like it's being shot from you know somebody who's maybe three feet and a half tall or so. <laughs> How many pictures did they take? How many pictures are on that camera roll of her? How how often? Like, I want to see the live video where Alec is being like, "Ow, you're hurting my hip. Please don't put your entire body weight on one of my legs, please." I am 65 years old. You can't keep doing this. I'm tired. How do you decide that that's the pose to properly illustrate? I'm so happy that my man is off the hook for shooting and killing somebody on a movie set. I I mean, I just want to know. Like, (laughs) she is so weird. (laughs) So weird. And God bless her for it. And you know what? We're about to get, oh, bitch. It's about to be hilarious summer. We're having a, a hilarious Baldwin summer because now she doesn't have to pretend to like she's uh, mourning anymore because you know she's been faking that. Now she's got she doesn't have to keep it cute anymore. And oh, she's about to be popping her pussy down in Washington Square, Union Square, Madison Square, Penn Station, the new Moynihan Hall in Penn Station. <laughs> Yoga poses down, bitch. Get ready for it. All right, moving on to somebody who is in a world of trouble, sir. What's going on with Jonathan Majors? I have not spoken about him because I don't really know him. You know, boxing movies, you'll never catch me. That's that's never going to happen. Not on my radar. I saw him. I saw y'all thirsting after him, which I'm not blaming you. You didn't know. But I saw y'all doing it and I was like, I'm staying out of it. This is not a pat on my back. I'm just like, I don't know. He kind of like, what is he kind of looks like he has a lemon jolly rancher in his mouth at all times so it wasn't truly it wasn't really clicking for me but i let y'all have it i let y'all have it that being said let's break down what has been happening with jonathan majors for the past month jonathan he starred in creed other things you know him you i'm sure you've seen him he was at all the award show blah 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 right so back in march in new york he and his girlfriend are in a cab and they get into it. This is a longtime girlfriend. We don't know who this person is. We don't have the identity, but we're led to believe that this is a, a fairly, you know, this is not like some chick he was on a date with. This was like a full-fledged relationship. Maybe they live together. I'm not sure, but they get into an altercation. All of this comes out and he's arrested. It's all over the news. 
shocking, right? Because his image was like crystal clear, sensitive king. Oh, we love him. He wears pink. He doesn't care about like stereotypes. He seems very intelligent. He talks about weird shit. I love him. That's my man, my man, my man, right? And now here he is in the jail cell and we're like, yo, well, y'all are like, what the fuck, right? So initially there is a full denial by his attorney, by Jonathan from his people, statement saying didn't happen. In fact, the opposite happened. She put her hands on him. There's a video in the cab. The cab driver will testify that nothing happened. Um, he will be fully exonerated. Watch this space. Also, Priya Chowdhury, yes, Jen Shaw's uh, lawyer and attorney, um, same lady, <laughs> went on to say, we're going to release some text messages in exchange between Jonathan and the girlfriend that will make a lot more sense. Because she's like, basically, she painted the picture, Priya, painted the picture of this girlfriend being like, oh, she admitted in these text messages that nothing happened. And so here they are. So in this screenshot, it starts off with her saying, there's no note, just you knowing what happened. And then he text her at 8 58 in the morning did you leave the keys goodbye blank and then at 6 p.m that night she wrote please let me know when you're okay when you get this they assured me that you won't be charged they had said they had to arrest you as protocol when they saw the injuries on me and they knew we had a fight i'm so angry that they did and i'm sorry that you're in this position we'll make sure nothing happens about this i told them it was my fault for trying to grab your phone I only just got out of the hospital. Just call me when you're out. I love you. He doesn't respond. And then it, well, maybe he deleted the text, but we don't see a response. And then at 932, he says, they just called again to check on me. And I reiterated how this was not an attack and they do not have my blessing on any charges being placed. I read the paper they gave me about strangulation and I said, point blank, this did not occur and should be removed immediately. The judge is definitely going to be told this. She ensured this to me. I know you have been, I know you have the best team. And there's nothing to worry about. I just want you to know that I'm doing all I can on my end. I also said to the judge, I also said to tell the judge to know that the origin of the call was to do with me collapsing and passing out and your worry as my partner due to our communication prior out of care. She promised all of that will be relayed. When those text messages got released, I think the general reaction from most women, especially ones that have dealt with uh, abuse, were like, uh, was that supposed to help the situation? Because it really sounds like a victim who is trying to uh, take up for their abuser and like clean things up and, you know, continue that cycle. It That's really giving. It does not make you sound like a good person, Jonathan, like at all. Now, thank fuck I have not been in a relationship in which I've been physically abused or anything like that. Um, but to me, just reading that, it sounds like a person who's making sure we have our story straight. This is a point by point 
uh, you know, list of what I did, the steps that I took. And, you know, I told them this and I made sure that, and I just want to let you know that this, it just sounds like two people that need to get their story together. And she's going to help him by doing that. And by telling him like everything that happened, I'm just not getting a vibe of like a person who really fucked up and made some claims that they shouldn't have. And, you know, is trying to, you know, you know, make up for that to me. Now, since then, Priya Chowdhury, Jonathan's lawyer, has gone on to make a lot of claims. They have, she says that they have security footage that this girlfriend went to the club after this alleged situation and did not seem to be injured. If she was claiming that she broke her finger, but they have security cam footage of her at the club, at the bar, you know, getting things out of her bag, getting money out of her bag. She charged an $800 bottle of champagne on Jonathan's card, which, um, you know, to me is like, well, <laughs> shout out to you, sis. But um, it just, they, they're trying to, Jonathan's camp is really, well, I can't even really say camp. Jonathan's lawyer is really trying to put the narrative out there that this woman is like angry. She is the problem. And she was like completely unbothered, was taking advantage of a situation and then like went out and partied the night before or the night away. And then just like was devil may care about it. Just like totally chill. Then she claims some more dark things about how, you know, after Jonathan got arrested, he didn't come back to his apartment until after 11 o'clock and he found her unconscious in the floor of a closet and claimed, you know, she had been, there were attempts and that she had swallowed a bottle of pills or something. And yeah. So I just, this is just so icky to me, like to be saying those things about the girlfriend and what happened and really trying to paint her as like a crazy girlfriend um I don't love that I don't love that and also doesn't sound great here's the other thing the biggest smoking gun in my opinion is the fact that last week Jonathan got this is why I said he doesn't really have a camp is because he got dropped by his PR he got dropped by his management company he um Valentino well they said that they mutually agreed that he would pull out of the Met Gala but you know sometimes we just keep things cute. Right. Um, and there are some other things. I think he was like a chair of a, an organization that he pulled out of. Like he's lost a lot of things in this past week, which to me is intentional. The dropping of the PR firm and the management, like to me, that is not even suspicious. That's like all I need to know that this dude is fucked up majorly. Because, you know, those claims came out. The arrest happened like a few weeks ago. All was pretty quiet on the Western Front. Until all of a sudden, now all these people are dropping him. And it just doesn't make sense to me. If your PR firm, the company, the people that are specifically tasked with getting you out of bad situations don't want your Marvel check money, what did you do? What did you do? Your Rocky franchise money that money forever they don't want to even touch that 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What happened? Now, a few hours later, after the PR and the management uh, dropped information dropped there was also some whispers that there were several women who were going to be coming out and saying um like collectively making claims about jonathan another thing that the attorney has vehemently denied but only time will tell well it'll either come out or it won't um and it seems i don't know just like why would that come out one random day and not be true i something's bad Something's really bad, but we'll see. <clears throat> now, I wanted to end this on um, an investigative note, but in a, in a fluffy and light way, because we got real dark <laughs> this segment, but I want to end it on a not high note, but a better note, right? I want to talk about Sophia Ritchie, because I noticed something. So if you guys didn't notice, she got married uh, a couple days ago at this point in the south of France, very chic. Um, she is married to a guy named Elliot Grange. Now, Elliot Grange is big time Nepo baby, for sure. His father is Lucian Grange, who is the current uh, CEO of the Universal Music Group. So they've got money, money. Big money. Grange is British. Uh, he was raised in the UK, went to Northeastern, I think, and then eventually went to LA, started his own record company. It's called 10K Projects. He started that in 2017, and it's like mostly a hip hop label. He's got like Trippy Red. He used to have Takashi 69. Ice Spice is currently signed to that label, and a bunch of other people who I'm too old for, but I caught, I caught a few of them, and I think those are the only ones you'll recognize too. <laughs> Sophia Ritchie, as we know, sister to Nicole, daughter to Lionel. If you think I'm not going to be talking about Nicole Ritchie soon on the Patreon, you're wrong. It'll be very soon. And I'm very excited about it. And I think it's going to be multiple parts. We're getting our investigation caps back on. So check me out at patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. Uh, right now, this week, I'll be ending part two of uh, Brooke Shields' pretty baby documentary and getting into that. But anyway, um, what's interesting to me is that Nicole, not Nicole, excuse me, Sophia, Sophia is like part of this crew, you know, sort of, she's always been on the outskirts, not in a nerd way. I think it's been tactical. And now that I'm seeing what's happening, I'm like, Ooh, this bitch played the long game and I'm loving it. I let me, let me be clear. My excitement over this situation is not because I, as a 37-year-old woman, am standing Sophia Ritchie. Let's make that clear. 
<laughs> it's about seeing trends and seeing how social media works and how influencing works. And I think I really caught on to something that I found very fascinating. You're just going to have to roll with me on this one. So like I said, Sophia's always been kind of on the outskirts. Like she's around the same age as like your Selena Gomez, Jenner's, uh, Haley Bieber, that whole crew, right? But she's never really been of them. And, you know, she dated Scott. She is friends with Kylie. She is friends with Haley. Um, I noticed, by the way, she was on Instagram. Follows Kylie, but not Kendall. Let's talk about it. But anyway, um, yeah, but she's never really been in it. Like, dated Scott Disick for three years, but, like, didn't really seem to want to be an influencer in the way that they do, right? Like, I would put her, like, she's only got, like, 8 million followers on Instagram, which seems like that's a lot of fucking people. But when you compare it to Selena Gomez, who has, you know, she and Kim Kardashian are fighting for the most people friends on Instagram or followers. And, you know, Jordan Woods, it has, like, almost twice as many. And I would put them in the same category. Like, she's just really, I don't feel like really worked that hard trying to be seen until her wedding weekend which I actually think is fucking brilliant so she just went on TikTok and like for the past few days she's garnered like hundreds of thousands of people on TikTok uh just doing these get ready with me's for you know my welcome uh dinner or you know we're we're you know, rehearsal dinner, like here's the things that I'm wearing. And she's in this gorgeous hotel room and she's in France and, you know, the stylist is kind of milling about the rack of clothes and they're like, oh, you know, we were thinking about this. What about this Chanel? And I'm, I, I was really loving this look. And it's, here's the thing. Here's the thing that she's getting right. She's capturing something that will never go out of style, which is old money which is, again, very fascinating because on paper, she, Kendall and Kyler are basically the same thing. Like, you're the second generation of these, you know, Hollywood bitches that came from the same generation, you know. And, but the way that they've navigated fame is completely different. Because in my mind, Richie is like old money. But the Kardashians are like new money. So even though Kim and Nicole were going to the same prep schools or whatever, it just hits different. It's just something different about it. And so there was like a poll conversation a few months ago about how Kylie is not navigating TikTok well or how TikTok is not a great medium for really any of the Kardashian Jenners because it kind of requires you to be a little bit more like you have to get to know me where they have the Jenners have like cultivated this sort of like fembot. We're just sort of like fantasy girls sort of thing, which, you know, we can have a whole other conversation about, but I just want to keep it to this TikTok, right? So even though there's probably an equal amount of money in that room, when Kylie is getting ready in her Birkin closet, it just comes off as so tacky and like so ugh. <laughs> where if uh, Sophia's Richie's in a room in a gigantic suite in the south of France and she's showing you her Valentino, uh, you know, little 
kitten heels that she's going to wear for that night. Something about that the girls go up for major. Sophia doesn't really seem to have a huge interest in fast fashion. Like, I don't think that the things that she's wearing are going to show up on, you know, Shein in like 48 hours, maybe a good 72 to 96. <laughs> but still, um, I feel like, yeah, it's just, it's just an interesting sight to behold. Now, she just started this TikTok, like I said, a few weeks ago, or a few days ago, rather, in conjunction with her wedding, which seems very tactical, because why would you take on the uh, task of creating a TikTok following in the middle of your wedding week, like the, in the two days and the day of your wedding? Why would you do that? Unless you wanted to, right? <laughs> the other side of that is that if you guys are on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen this kid. I think his name is Jake. It's like Octopus Lover 8 or something. He is very famous for doing these um, re like historical reenactments. Like people will give him a prompt like, oh, act like you're Louisiana that's getting purchased. Or, you know, do a, a little skit of like... Uh, uh, you know, you're signing the Declaration of Independence, things like that. Um, he's gotten very popular. He is at this wedding, and a lot of people were wondering why. And I did some digging, and I found out. Because Sophia's been on his TikToks, you know, before she even had an account. So, Jake actually works for her husband, Elliot Grange. He works for 10K Projects. He is the, I guess, the director. I guess it seemed like from his LinkedIn that he started off as an intern. He's been working, he's been there for a few years and has kind of worked his way up the ranks. So that would be why. Um, I also think it was very interesting, tactical, that there were no, like, other than him, young people of note there. Like, all of the people there were, like, Nicole and her friends, you know, Paris, the Madden twins, Cameron Diaz, like not, no, Haley wasn't there. Haley and Justin weren't there. None of those people. I think that's tactical. Don't let any of these other people take the shine off of you. You be the Supreme. The other thing that I think Sophia has is what I call like the Stasi effect. It's where she's just enough. But also just like so close and yet so far away. Like Nicole Richie, Stassi, they're pretty girls, right? But they're like pretty in a way that you can manage. You know, <laughs> like I feel like people look at Kendall Jenner and, or like Kim Kardashian and they just want to throw up. Whereas you can look at like Stassi or Sophia Richie, again, beautiful girls, but like that's like not they're they're beautiful in a way that like you could grow up with Sophia. She could be you. You could be her, but you're not. You could marry a like slightly goofy looking but incredibly rich uh English record uh you know per, whatever. <laughs> you could. But you're not going to. And who's going to do it? She. So now you're going to watch her uh, cavort through Europe like a baddie and just living like a very chic, what I call like a clean life. She's got a very clean aesthetic. Like, like Chloe, Kim, Kylie, even Kendall to a certain extent, they, they don't want that. They want you to try really hard to be them. Whereas I think Sophia's like, no, I'm going to let you think that you can be me, but you never do it. So that's why you'll find me so fascinating. 
It's a very different game, but I like to see it played. So welcome, Sophia Ritchie. I think you've really hit on something and I think we're going to see a lot from her. I'm calling it now. And with that, let me just finish up my thoughts on um, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. I'm going to keep it a buck with you guys. I watched it once and I watched and took notes about ha- the first half. And then now that I'm thinking about it, I got to honor my self and be like, mm, I don't really feel like going back and taking the notes and like giving you an exhaustive recap of that shit because I don't care. You want to listen to 45 minutes of me not caring about something? No, no. You didn't want to listen to that 20 minutes about me going off with Sophia Ritchie. Something I care deeply about suddenly over the past 12 hours. So let's just get into it. I love that you're so like liberated and I guess I need to learn a little bit from you because I'm not. And it just like amazes me that you talk so freely like about weed. I know it's legal. I know it's medically necessary, but like I know you have children. I have children, obviously they're older. And I'm wondering like when they see you on television and you're you know, smoking weed, and you even shared that your daughter had found, you know, a paraphernalia or something where you had to have this conversation with her. How do you feel about that? So here's the thing. Do I want my daughter to find a pipe? No. I am me, and my kids no, accept it and love it. No, I'm not for apologizing. We're getting yeah. off the topic. It's not about it's hard. you It's a you. hard balance. Because yes, it's not about being you. I think you're amazing. You have a 9-year-old and a 12-year-old. It's like a dangerous age you know where you're forming your children and yeah. you're do you are you talking about this like from experience because of your no, ex-husband and no my ex-husband like... has nothing to do with this i raised my children on my own are like... you judging yeah I felt no no i'm are not you... even judging i really want to know because like as you were sitting there yesterday after in the after party when you were on the poll and then the other night we went to the confessional and I'm super liberal. But you know, what always has stopped me, what are my kids gonna think of me? What is the example I'm giving them? I'm just surprised because you were married to a cartel member. Well, I'm surprised that you would. I didn't have children at the time. What the hell does the cartel have to do with this conversation? Leo, I'm having a conversation with Whitney. You You don't like it. Everybody says, why aren't you talking, Leah? And now I try to talk and you're like, shut me down. Because you're throwing shade, saying I was married. And everyone says, throw shade. You know how you always call attention by throwing like a shocking factor. I'm bored. Oh, you were married to a cartel member. No, my love. I was married to the father of my kids. Okay. Okay. And he never used drugs. It doesn't matter. My kids were not. You're going. And you're judging Whitney. You I'm not judging her. I'm asking her for advice. It was absolutely judgy. Of course it was. She's a great mom. Like, you were married to a huge cocaine dealer. The clothes on your back are probably bought from people who've died of overdoses. Like, I'm sorry. Right, get let's off get into the work. finale of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3. A season that I have to admit that I was wrong about. I came in real hopeful. And even after the drama of season four, I was like, no, girls, I think we're forgetting this season's going to be good. And it wasn't. So, my bad. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into the highlights because I really, like, I can't. Okay? I, I, I really can't. So... Basically, let's talk about, like, the big things that happened. Um, Whitney and Giselle are in the pool at the beginning of the episode. Whitney tells her that she had smoked two joints the night before, to which Giselle's like, how are we spiritual by day and, and freaks by night? But then she thanks Whitney for planning a fun night the night before. And she's like, you know, I didn't know that your girlfriend Heather liked small penises. That was kind of strange, but, you know, whatever. She doesn't seem to like to want to get on the pole. Is that like a Mormon thing? 
And so Whitney very somberly looks at Giselle and goes, you know what? In all the time that I've known Heather, she's never touched my pole. So Whitney goes back inside and Giselle goes, oh, hey, Pepsi, come here for a second. Pepsi brings her her breakfast and she says, do you have the stuff? Do you have the easel? Do you have that big ass picture of Class A Azul? Can you bring it to dinner tonight and please don't tell, or bring it to lunch. Please don't tell the ladies. And at this point, I would like Class A Azul to maybe sue Giselle because if this is the result like, you want a product that people want, but you don't want a product that people want so badly that they act like a fucking dork on television for it. So I would basically sue, sue for, like, defamation, slander, that sort of thing. Leah is still at the hospital, but she records herself on her camera phone saying, I, you know, should probably leave soon. I got eight hours left on this drip bag, but I'm going to leave soon because I don't want to miss the dinner. I don't want to go out like that. Pepsi ends up telling Portia back at the house they're going to a Lotus Pond for lunch. They're going to a really cool restaurant for dinner. The Lotus Pond uh, lunch is sponsored by, or not sponsored by, hosted by Giselle, which is shocking because it was for sure the most beautiful thing that we saw on the show so far, which is no shade to Thailand. Like Heather said, that Thailand is actually the armpit. I'm not going to go that far. It was very beautiful. But I mean, it's just shocking to me because out of all these people, maybe every housewife, Giselle might have the worst taste. So it was just really shocking that she created such a a stunning vista, if you will. So the cracks begin to show with Alexia and Marisol. Thanks for the last episode that we, we get to see the drama between them. But it starts when they're on the van, in the van on the way to lunch, right? Marisol was talking about how there was a husband and team that hired the original cast of Miami and that that was a really good, they did a really great job because, you know, all these years later, four of the women are still on the main cast are still around. But Alexa goes, actually, I disagree. I actually think that may be why we were, we're not on TV for eight years. And then she says in a confessional, Marisol and I are close, but we have different opinions. I think the casting is horrible. It didn't make any sense. And I know myself and I'm the only one who says it. And then she says, but my friend, Marisol's my friend, and she doesn't support anything I say. But the casting sucks. It's true. Alexia says in a confessional, they just wrapped for season five. It was a tough season for her fighting all the girls in the group. But Marisol stayed quiet. And she just feels like as, you know, as my best friend, Marisol, you need to have my back. They get to this restaurant. It is so beautiful with all the lotus little flowers in the water just so stunning Portia decides that they all should do a TikTok which I think should be a recurring theme on girls trip because they did it season one Melissa had them do one on the beach and something about these TikToks really tell on the housewives that's why I keep telling y'all run don't walk to Kelly Killor and Ben Simone's TikTok it is so wild but anyway um the season one one is so great because it's supposed to be like a, you know, kind of sexy, you know, hip hop dance that they're doing. And, you know, Ramona Singer is on the cast of season one. So just imagine how she executed that. Yeah. You want to get eyes on that one. So this one um, 
is also equally as good. Like it really gives you a feel for who the ladies are. Of course, Giselle cannot dance. She tries to be goofy while everybody else is being sexy. Marisol's whipping her braid around. Um, <laughs> it's just a vibe. It's a real vibe. So when they sit down for lunch, Marisol's like, why don't we play a game of who likes the other one the least from the seasons? And Alexia has to be like, girl, you already asked us that question. Maybe you need to stop drinking so much. What happened to the ulcer? Where did we land on on Marisol's ulcer? (laughs) Good gravy. So then Giselle calls Pepsi over and they're like, oh, is this a game? And Pepsi goes, oh, do you guys want to know what this is? Turns that easel around. Two foot fucking photo of a tequila bottle. That wasn't the issue. We know what the bottle looks like, Giselle. And then we get all the housewives reaction in a confessional. Candace is like, bitch, are you for real? Whitney, are you fucking kidding me? Like the tequila bottle's back? Portia goes, wait a minute. I know damn well Giselle has not found a printing company all the way here in Thailand to print a big ass picture of Class A Azul. Tell me that didn't happen. Good gravy. This is not funny. I think here's the problem. Giselle thinks she's funny and she's not. You know, I think one of her problems. I think that Giselle really does not know how to like let sleeping dogs lie, let the mouse go, let the joke. If the joke doesn't land, we're not carrying it over and bringing some arts and crafts into it two days later. It's done. It's done. Giselle announces that her court that nobody asked for needs, wants, or is entertained by is in session. And then she says, this was actually funny. We're doing it Jen Shaw style. If at the last minute you want to say you're guilty, feel free. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Then she goes, Portia, you're first. It's this whole Giselle Bryant's court is all, all mixed up. 311, all mixed up, don't know what to do. Giselle has Portia go first. Portia's getting Heather out of it. Because she went into Heather's room at one point. Heather said, you can look in my room. You can search around the room if you want. And so that's now Portia is innocent. And also Heather is innocent by proxy. This is how it's working. And Candace asks a very good question. How did that happen? How does this, how is this all working? So Giselle says Marisol's off the hook because she shares a room with Alexia. They offered to have somebody search the room. So that's fine. And then she says... Giselle, I'm going to put myself on the witness stand. Candace, you're a suspect. (laughs) Her excuse for this being is that everybody agreed to a room search until they got back to the house. And Candace was the only one who said no. And it, y'all, come on. Come on. So Candace is like, why are you accusing me? And Giselle goes, no, I blamed everybody. And Candace says, which is rude. (laughs) So Giselle says, well, the bottle means something to me. And Candace says, well, just because the bottle means something to you doesn't mean that you get to accuse your friends of larceny. And as far as I'm concerned, you can stick that bottle up your booty hole and fly home. We take a brief break because the waiters brought out the cocktails. I didn't know if there was a cocktail portion of uh, a legal system, but there appears to be here. And so then the court comes back in the session and then she goes, you know, I would like to say that this has hurt me. And I know that Pepsi's lost sleep over it, which hurts me even further. You're the one who made that man cry. You're the one that had that man, Mariah Carey, sliding down the wall in the kitchen, tears streaming down his face. 
You did that. Nobody else. Blah, blah, blah. Giselle tells everybody that they're now the jurors against Candace. And so just say if you think she's innocent or guilty. <laughs> Alexia says, I don't believe I have enough evidence. Like, this isn't Larsa getting a random DM from somebody. <laughs> Whitney says, I don't believe that she did it. And Alexia goes, well, I didn't say that I didn't think she did it. I just think that we don't have enough evidence. <laughs> so Portia says, I couldn't fully clear the witness because I do have my doubts. You know, a hit dog will holler. So Giselle says, well, I'm the judge and I can overrule. You all know that I think Candace is guilty, but after what has been said, I'm going to put this under advisement. Candace says, okay, when you find out it's not me, you have to buy everybody in this group a bottle and apologize. And Giselle goes, you're not the judge and jury. You're nothing but a little suspect. (laughs) So Giselle says in a confessional, I didn't plan to call anybody out. I'm just calling the person to task. So Candace says, is this what happens when you get old? You just like start going off on these wild tangents that make no sense. I'm not a thief. Your mother's a thief. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So at this point, Candace is like, I'm done with you. I'm done with our friendship, Giselle. I'm done with this. So Portia now is like all scandalized and is like, this can't be the end of your friendship. Don't let this, like, you're doing too much, Candace, blah, 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 right? Giselle says, or Candace rather says, I'm putting being put on this fake ashy trial and it's breaking our friendship. But Giselle says, well, listen. Everybody knows that Candace and I had a rocky season seven because of what happened with her husband. Cut to um, Eric. Where is Eric? And you don't break my fourth wall. So then things kind of get heated between Giselle and Candace on some real shit because Giselle says, well, you know, basically I thought we were better friends than this. I, you know, I'm still trusting you, but I see this is too much for you, blah, blah, blah. And Candace is like, no. What's really good is that I was a good friend to you and I was a good friend to you as I watched you go around everybody in the friend group and like do some weird shit to them. And I was thinking, when am I going to be next? When is it my turn for you to turn on me? So then Candace says in a confessional, this is a retaliation from neck rolls for saying what I said. And the fact that she's acting like she didn't make up lies to destroy my husband's life just points to how evil she is. Ooh, I can't wait for season eight. Let's get ready, girls. So Marisol then, out of 
nowhere goes. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm hurt because I brought my coffee and everyone's accusing me of not bringing it. Marisol, what are you talking about? So we see a flashback in which she's going around in her room with Alexia trying to find these bags of coffee. Asking Pepsi. They're in red brick bags. Have you seen them? Nobody's seen them. Alexia keeps telling her, are you sure that you've looked at all your bags? Are you sure you did not leave it at home? Have you called Steve to ask maybe if you left it in Miami? No, I'm sure. I'm positive I saw it. Alexia says, I have not seen these coffee bags at all. And another great point is, if she brought, she says that she did a coffee uh, line with Mama Elsa years ago. They only had one case left. She took half the case and brought it to Thailand so she could uh, give it out to the girls' as gifts, right? Thank you for this, however, years old coffee. But anyway, um, wouldn't it smell to high heavens? Like if you brought enough co- bags of coffee for six people, <laughs> unless you like shrink wrap them, I feel like there has to be some odor, right? So Alexia is over this because you know she's the only one who's been hearing this before they go to bed when they wake up before she has her morning screwdriver she's sitting there complaining about that damn coffee um and so then alexa is like you guys are bored bro we saw the bottle of tequila none of us saw that coffee and so then they really start getting into it because she's calling cap on marisol oh it's i i'm enjoying this i'm enjoying this drama poor leah comes back and honestly, like, I initially thought poor Leah was really mean, but I just feel like it's manifesting, which actually makes it more mean. <laughs> and yet here we are. I'm laughing. She says she had a viral infection, but she didn't even seem to have like a, a real handle on it. She had her first BM. So thank God for that. Something's happening. Something's happening with the digestive tracts of the people of New York, the Housewives of New York, and I think we need to investigate. Eric Adams, you clearly act like you have nothing else to do, so get on it. Yeah, now that I think about it, Eric Adams, why don't you um, stop worrying about homeless people and start worrying why Ramona can't keep her shit in her body? Why is it just running willy-nilly the streets of the Upper East Side and, and apparently all the men that she dates up there, too? Remember, who was that dark-haired lady? That, like, kind of creepy lady that looked like... She was only on there for, like, one season. Elise. Do you guys know that, like, after... <laughs> after that season, whatever season she was on, she became friends with uh, Leah, possibly briefly. But anyway, I think they were filming a, a cameo in which Elise let it slip, much like apparently Ramona does in her underwears but she said that yeah she's got a habit Ramona has a habit allegedly of like shitting on basically or not on but like uh near around during a date of every man uh, that she goes on a date with I don't, I don't really remember the story but that was the crux of it every time what is happening Anyway, Giselle and Portia decide to continue this uh, Giselle's court in the interview room where they decide to play rock, paper, scissors to determine who actually stole the bottle. So rock, excuse me, Marisol was scissors 
Heather was paper because according to Portia, she's flat. And then Candace is rock because she's hard headed. And so then they do, you know, rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and they both land on rocks. So that's how they decided again that Candace is guilty. Anyway, um, Whitney and Heather have yet another moment in which it seems like Whitney genuinely wants to make up. Heather's like, well, you know, I'm kind of guarding my heart. We'll see. I want to be your friend, but you know, we just have a lot. And then she'll fake hug her and be like, look at this forest gump feather in the sky. Let's catch it because that's a good omen for our friendship. But then in a confession, will be like, well, this uh, feather, the feather that I pointed out to act like this was such a great sign for the future, um, doesn't mean anything. Because we have so much other work to do. Okay, well then tell her that. But actually, don't. We're done. Okay. Tell her, tell it to the whole. Talk. I don't care. You could tell her 75 times. Just please, not in front of a camera. And not with a microphone on. Whatever, if you guys want to continue this, don't do it. Don't do it next season. Because you're lucky if I even watch it. Okay? Bad weather. You're on notice. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to issue a winter storm advisory for the, the housewives of Salt Lake City. Don't put us through any of the bullshit. Any of it. Any. Oh, thank God Mary's back. Okay, so let me finish up because this episode actually gets juicier as the episode goes on, but then it gets lame again. So let's get into the juicy stuff, right? So on the car ride to dinner, Giselle is in the car with, it's like Giselle, Alexia, Marisol, and Portia. So Giselle asked Marisol about what Alexia said earlier about not having her back, right? So Marisol's like, oh, you know, there's just like certain topics where I choose not to insert myself with Alexia. I retreat, but Alexia likes to attack. And Alexia goes, yeah, and that's, but that's when I need you the most is when you, I'm like on guard with everybody. Marisol says in a confessional, she and Alexia have been dear friends for years. Nobody's going to understand that. So she doesn't really want to hear anybody else's opinion about it. But Giselle actually gets it right in a confessional when she says, I think Alexia feels like she might be carrying Marisol a little bit on the show. And I think maybe Marisol doesn't respect that Alexia always includes her on the show. And we have to remember the, despite the fact that we see Marisol all the time, she's a friend of on Housewives. She's not a main cast member. Now where Alexia gets it all the way wrong is that she says Marisol just like, doesn't like to get involved and she just likes to have fun and drink. Okay. That part is true. But if the example that you're going to use of Marisol, not being a good friend to you is the situation in which you accused Adriana's date of being a fully married man when your ass was the one who did not scroll down to the end of miamidade.gov to see the divorce decree your expectation of Marisol to like come to your aid on that is un it's unreasonable because you were dead ass for like a hundred percent wrong <laughs> And honestly, if Marisol had backed you up, we wouldn't have that video of you being like, slander, slander, which is very funny because you were dead ass. <laughs> you were dead ass wrong. Like you could not be more incorrect. Well, I did scroll all the way to the bottom of the website to confirm it, girl. And Marisol at the time was like, well, maybe the website's not updated. And Alexia had the nerve to be upset about it. But you know what? 
she was onto something. <laughs> so did I completely forget that in that moment, Alexia snapped back and was like, you're, uh, well, Marisol says to the ladies, does that give you the right, like me not defending you, does that give you the right to say my marriage is fake? And Alexia says, you're putting words in my mouth. But what she said in the flashback was, your marriage received doesn't even count. So what else is, how else is she supposed to interpret that, Alexia? <laughs> so Alexia then tells Marisol her brain is fried, just so you know. Do we think that these might be the greatest frenemies of all time? You better than Tamara and Vicky? Do we think, because there is like, there does seem to be a, a genuine closeness there, like a genuine bond that I think just can't be fake. Like there's a comfort that they have with each other that's like on some real shit. Um, but then they say like, the, like uh, this is not the first time that Alexia has mentioned whatever the hell's going on with Marisol and Steve is not legal or um, actually happening. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. So while they're having this super deep, like, potentially friendship-ending conversation in this van, Heather is really delighting me because she loves Drive Back. She loves Candace's song. She's singing it while she's putting her fake tanner on. She's trying to do choreo in the van. She's getting all the girls involved. She loves that song. Okay, so when they get to the dinner, the latest start off late talking about how Whitney got really high. She smoked two joints. She ate the KFC mashed potatoes in the pool. And Alexia goes, well, I feel like I can learn from you, Whitney, because I know weed is legal. I know it's like medically necessary, but I know you have children and I do too, but like my kids are older and I know you said that your daughter found paraphernalia. So like, how do you deal with it? So Whitney says, well, do I want my daughter to find a pipe? No, but it's a hard balance. <laughs> so Alexia says, well, I'm j I think it's amazing because your kids are nine and 12 and those are really important years. <laughs> what do you think you're doing, Alexia? Do you think that you're making her sound good? You think you're having a constructive conversation? Or do you think you might be telling a mother... That um, I just think it's really refreshing that you spoke weed in front of your children during the most uh, important growing times of their lives. And I never uh, smoked around my kids. So I just wonder, like, how you do it. Pothead. And then Alexia. Alexia. So she's not judging and she's super liberal. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. But then she says she never spoke weed. So then Leah, shout out to you, poor Leah, says, uh, Alexia, I'm just surprised because were you married to a cartel member? Uh, hello. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Asking the real questions here. <laughs> so Alexia goes, no, well, I didn't. There were like a lot of excuses, frankly. I didn't have kids at the time. Um... This, he was not a drug dealer, cartel member. He was my husband and the father of my kids. I'm like, okay, so did you not have kids at the time? Or you did? Because at some point, there had to have been a crossover between you having the children and you being with this man. Because how else would they be born? So, it's not like an immaculate conception, Alexia. So Leah says in a confessional, Whitney's a great mom. 
Like you were married to a huge cocaine dealer. The clothes on your back were probably bought from people who fucking died from overdoses. Like, I'm sorry, get off the fucking high horse, bitch. (laughs) She's right. She's absolutely right. And then at one point, Whitney brings up, uh, didn't your son get in a lot of trouble? Didn't he beat up a homeless man? So you not smoking weed in your house, what did that do? (laughs) Did it help? Did it save him? Don't think so. Later, I will say that um, Alexia comes up to Whitney like right before they leave to say, I really wasn't trying to be judgmental of you. I'm just saying like you smoke weed in your house. Maybe your kids will never smoke. You never know because I never smoked. I, and you know, my kids smoke weed. So, I mean, thank you for saying that, but also let that be a lesson and not uh, opening your mouth in the first place in any way that sounds judgmental of somebody's parenting because, uh, you know, if Bobby beats up a homeless person in five years, then maybe you guys can have that conversation. But until then, let's leave it. But then Marisol does some weird shit where I think because Alexia said, you never take up for me, she decides to uh, now speak up and be like, well, I just feel like, I'm sorry, Whitney, but if you really cared about your kids, you wouldn't be getting on a stripper pole. And then all the wives are like, mm, that's kind of a reach, girl. I think that's pretty unfair. And Marisol's just like, no, like what? She was trying to say that there's like a chain of events in which, you know, maybe the parents of the kids are watching the show. They say something or the TV's on and then the students see it and then it gets back to Bobby and uh, what is their son's name? I don't know. But the other one and, um, you know, then their kids are tortured about it. But it's like, again, you can ask Alexia how they feel. <laughs> ask him about that. <laughs> ask, ask her. I, it was weird. It was weird. Um, to close it out. They have like an emotional moment where they send flowers out into the water and like release things. And that's, you know, I don't really care about emotions like that. Uh, Pepsi. Pepsi has a very cinematic, like almost Indiana Jones style moment where he's coming. Because this restaurant, bitch, was a vibe. You had to take like a, a, like a boat to get from the entrance to the actual dining area and so then they have him come out with like all the survivor tiki torches and he's got the bottle class a azul like he did it and i think it was a new bottle it wasn't like they found it oh i yeah it wasn't a new bottle so giselle grateful but then she does say later that she like you know she's not over it she still wants to know so she asks them in production did you guys actually find out who did it? And they tell her no. They're like, no, honestly, we, we looked through the footage and we didn't. So at the end of the episode, Whitney and Heather are leaving. And they pull out the bottle. <laughs> After all this shit. All of these accusations. And Heather goes, and they never checked the outdoor shower. <sighs> and you know what? Giselle was right. <laughs> Giselle actually ended up right for making Heather suspect number one. <laughs> so was it all for nothing? It was still annoying as shit, but she wasn't wrong. And we, I have to admit that. You gotta be fair. Because I'm a journalist. Anyway, you guys, 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. We'll be back on Wednesday with Seeking Brother Husband. Friday for Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. Stressed out. Follow me on Instagram and everyone's business but mine. I'm really trying to get my follower count up because I have, you know, things coming up in the future. So you'd help a sister out. That's free. And I'm not too annoying on there. I try to keep it cute. So follow me on at everyone's business but mine. Um, Okay. Love you.